Uh, like during the election where somebody had said, you know, we're, we're egalitarian mad in America. This is, we're drunk on this stuff. But the reality of it is, you know, a, a Harvard law professor is going to be a better president than a plumber. Right. OK. Right. And, and, but that works both ways. You know, I'm not having a president fix my sink for anything. You know, <laughs> so uh, it works both ways. But this whole idea that, you know, it, Joe, the plumber, maybe Joe, the plumber should run for office. No, no, he shouldn't. No, he shouldn't. You know. So, I mean, these guys are fighters, and they, uh, the reality of it is it's, it's fun to get to train with them, but I will never be better than they are. And, and, and every article, I have, to, I have to unknow that, you know, yeah. so, uh, which is good because naturally I, I want to unknow it. <laughs> you know, well, I, don't well, want you... to I don't want to think that I'm not getting better, good enough to get better than them sometime in my lifetime, but that's really probably the reality of it, you know. Well, you know what? Well, you know what? I, I kind of feel I, the I same feel way. The same you got me interested, got me interested in, in... The, uh, the, uh, particularly the Brazilian, Brazilian, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Yes. Um, if, if people notice if people I'm talking notice. funny, I'm getting weird feedback, so I'll just talk through it. Um, and I, I, I'm pretty damn sure that I won't ever be able to beat you, but it'd be interesting to rematch, like, after learning a few things, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so well, it, I got lots of guys who do that. There's a guy who started out as a roadie, used to be a do security guy at Gilman, and was a roadie for like bands like MDC, and he at one point announced, I I'm going to start lifting weights like Eugene, you know, and they laughed at him and laughed, and he got really big, and they stopped laughing. He's like, <laughs> he, he really did it. And then at one point, I saw him at a barbecue. He goes, what are you doing now? He goes, I, I, I told him, I'm training fighting. I've I'm giving the bodybuilding thing up, you know. He's like, really? He goes, will you train me? He's like, yeah, come on. So I used to train this guy in my garage, and the last time I trained him, I put his uh, teeth through his lip, you know, I, you know accidentally you know we're just training training hard and, and uh but then i moved and i didn't have the space and he found some guys up in oakland to train with next thing i know he's competing next thing i know he's winning gold medals you know and i was like wow you know he's probably better than i am at this point and he, he we were gonna watch a fight and i said hey man you watch the fight can i come over to your house and watch it he goes yeah yeah you can come over to my house you, you got a fight to get in and i Oh, I said, hey, all right, anytime, anytime. <laughs> and the thing is, he is only a jiu-jitsu player. He will only do jiu-jitsu. And I'm a MMA guy because I don't mind being punched, you know. Right. So I, I think, you know, under normal circumstances, he would have been like, cool, it's on. And I, I was on, but, you know, he knows that he hasn't spent any time at all doing the MMA thing. He's a jiu-jitsu player, you know. Um, and I know just enough jiu-jitsu to hold him off while I punch and punch and elbow and punch and knee. <laughs> So, so it wouldn't be that easy for him, you know, after, uh, I mean, even this is seven, no, five years, five years. So, um, but in, in any case, yeah, you're, you're welcome. Tra train with whoever you like. I'll be glad to, glad, glad to fight you again. Yeah. I, and I'll be talking to you about that. Um, I'm, I'm looking at different places now and stuff. So, um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'll be glad to make a referral too. So. Um, but since we were talking about the mixed martial arts thing, um, I've noticed that you know you got me now watching some of the Uf UFC stuff and uh, you know nothing not even like a full match yet. I'm just you know they had like a highlight thing on Spike TV and everything. Yeah, yeah you were telling me that. And um, there seems to be kind of and correct me if I'm wrong on this. There seems to be kind of like an anatomy of a UFC fight where it's like it starts off with the guys standing up and trying to land blows. And then it goes to the ground. And I remember you mentioned there's that, that the old wrestling guy who says, what does he say? Like the bulls die on the ground, right? Is that what uh, Yeah, Carl Gotch just died. Yeah, I, I got the last interview on record with him. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, and that seems to be 
so it's like who can get in like the good strikes and then they take it to the ground and it's really seems to be decided on the ground with with a few exceptions like when someone just ran, lands a really good kick or punch yeah 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 um it, and so it seems to be the two the two things you got to know if you want to be uh, a, a good UFC fighter is like muay thai or something, something similar to muay thai <laughs> which is uh, kind of like what people would know as uh, kickboxing, like Thai kickboxing. kickboxing, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, like some form of jujitsu. The really popular one being like the Gracie. The Gracies are a Brazilian family. The Gracie. Uh, you got to you you call it Brazilian jujitsu. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you, you've actually is what you know. Some of the people you fought were actually members of the Gracie family, right? Oh yeah. That must have been cool. Yeah, one of yeah one of the guys who was there when I was rolling actually is high-end Gracie, who just died in, uh, well, died six months ago in Rio. Very, very tough guys. Really, really tough guys. Really? Yeah. Did he just die of uh, natural causes, or? No, no. Oh. There was, uh, he, uh, you know, there was a carjacking, and then uh, he commandeered a police motorcycle vehicle, and was shooting a high-speed chase through the streets oh, of Rio. Oh and uh, eventually they, they got him, and uh, he died in his jail cell. And people were like, well, he was killed by the cops. Well, he wasn't actually probably killed by the cops, but when they did an autopsy on him, he had, like, antipsychotic medication, and, I mean, antidepressant. He had anti- I mean, he had steroids, cocaine. I mean, he had a whole variety of drugs in his, in his system. But he, he was training with his cousin Henzo in New York when I was there, Henzo and Daniel Gracie. And uh, phenomenal, phenomenal guys. You know, I mean that. You know, every every single person that I, that I, I talk to, um, every single person that I talk to for the for the fight book. I mean, I, you know, every week I was like, uh, I, I got to move there. I, I, you know, yeah. I, yeah. I got I got to move there. You know, I mean, it's it, it's super inspirational. You know, and um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, you know this, but um, and I, I want to talk a little bit about like fighting in the movies. Uh, but if you've seen the most recent Hulk, the one with Ed Norton, did you, did you happen to catch that? Oh, yeah. I saw Hicks and Gracie in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's one of the Gracies. I was like, I, when I saw that, I'm like, I'll bet you that's one of the Gracies in that in that scene. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was intense, man. I, I was there. I was like, and it was some other movie I was watching, uh, Public Enemies with Johnny Depp. And there's like Don Fry. I'm like, ah! I'm like the <laughs> only guy in the theater going, ah! That's Fry, you know, so. So, um. So what are, I, I always have to do this because I'm just such a huge movie fan, and I, I love that kind of parsing between, like, when they do it well and when they don't do it well. Like, what is a movie that you think is captured, whether it's sport uh, fighting or, like, street fighting? Like, what, what's your favorite movie when it comes to that? Well, it's not my favorite movie, but I can tell you the, a fight scene that occurred in the movie that was probably most honestly portrayed was um uh, and I hate to give this guy the props because I think he's a lunatic but the the Mel Gibson movie uh was it the first uh, uh, lethal weapon is it was, or was it, yeah lethal weapon was the name of that series right 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 yeah and uh the fight where he on the lawn in front of the house with uh I think it was Gary Busey and Mel Gibson and um that fight was completely choreographed by Hickson and um, I mean, that was the first time, the first time that the public who was not the non martial arts public 
saw, you know, a guy with doing a triangle choke, arm bar, and stuff like that. So interesting. I I wouldn't have guessed that that'd be one that you'd pick. Well, no. I mean, see, the thing is that that movie in itself is not traditionally a fight movie. But if you're asking what 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 fight movie in a scene more correctly duplicates what you might see if two people were fighting on a street, you know, I mean, that was that that's probably the. I mean. Yeah. Hicks and Gracie choreographed it. So these were Brazilian moves. These were moves that were Hicks and Gracie to be fighting on the street. These are moves that you would see him using, you know. Um, so, I'm, you know, in terms of, you know, to me, but that's just, we're speaking technically. You know, technically, that's probably the most accurate portraiture of, of you know, of a real fighting style that's made its way in a cinematic sense. But, you know, for me, a large part of fighting is also emotional. You know? Right. And, um, and, and then I'd, I'd have to say... Um, you know, something that really struck the right emotional notes that kind of match the way I'm feeling when I'm fighting. Uh, Juliet Lewis and that opening scene in Natural Born Killers, you know, um, where she's dancing in the, in the diner and the, the, the rude truck driver comes in and she turns him and, you know, he's like trying, he's kind of trying to flirt with her in a really sort of embar- embarrassing way. And she turns him and says, are you flirting with me? And he's like, yeah, baby. And he, she just proceeds to beat the slop out of him. <laughs> Emotionally, the tone of that was probably closer, you know, because she was just minding her own business, you know. I mean, you know, every street fight I've gotten into, it's usually been a case of me just minding my own business. And in the last few years, it's been me, like, actively resisting fighting, you know. Like, look, Go pick on somebody else, Jack. You know you're gonna you're gonna get hurt. I'm telling you, yeah. you're gonna get hurt. And so that, I, so, you know, not thinking that I'm telling the truth. So. Now, why do you think that is? Because I mean, I don't go so out so much these days. But when I go, out, I rarely had any problem with somebody. And you know, you think like a bully type or or somebody who wants to get into a fight with with the exception of these guys who who like to brawl. You know, I said they probably wouldn't pick me. Yep. I I just I don't I don't really have that problem. Um, I don't know. Do you think it's, do you think it's like the nail is finding the hammer? You know, there's that old cliche when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, but is it like the yeah, nail yeah. finding the hammer, you know? Well, in every instance, there are different things, but people are largely thinking with their animal brain. I mean, you would think, why would a guy start with, with Eugene? Especially since I was minding my own business. I was loading, it was in Maine and I was loading some stuff into the back of a van, you know, and uh, we, we were finished playing a show. I was loading some stuff into a vehicle, and this guy comes by, and he does, you know, he, had, he was starting trouble with people in front of the club, but he does a calculation, and his calculation, this is Maine, right? His calculation was race-based. Yeah. You, know, you look through the crowd, I was the only African-American guy in the crowd, and he figured that, you know, I guess he figured one of these things is not like the other. Right. That, and so his animal brain was working, I was isolated, separate, different from the rest, you know, he didn't realize that we, all these people on the sidewalk had just come from our show, you know, uh, for better or worse, with some, some measure of fans, you know. And it, it, he just, and, and he also thought I was small because I was standing off in the street, not on the curb, you know. Right, right. Um, and, uh, and when I got up on the, the first thing I did when he, you know, finally threw a can at me and spit at me and I'd had enough, um, I got up on the curb and he, um, I could see his face fall when he realized, like, oh, miscalculation. Yeah, yeah. 
So, but was he one of those guys where it's like now he's taken it to a place where he can't back down? Yeah. Well, no. At that point, he didn't throw. He didn't throw a single blow at that point. Uh. So, you know, um, I, uh, you know, I mean, he, and it, there were two of them. There were two of them, and uh, he, you know, he went down. So, so. That kind of brings me to to my next thing, where it's like the, kind of the the fighting for keeps. And there's a part in the book which is is pretty serious, where you um, you talk to the guy, you keep him anonymous, but the guy who you trained, who ended up actually killing a guy. Yeah. And I don't. Well, if you don't mind me asking, how how did did that make you? How did that make you feel? Because you, you you trained this guy. I guess you're not responsible, but I mean, did you feel kind of a weird responsibility or? No, I felt nervous that I was going to get dragged into court. That's, uh, what, I, yeah. that's what I largely felt. And, yeah. and, and again, you know, I mean, I, you know, that was the question. I mean, I kind of wondered, you know, I mean, now my friend has murdered somebody. And uh, I thought, you know what, after, after I heard the story, and, and I'm not even, I mean, stuff beyond what, what I'd even written in the book almost, you know what? It's sad that this guy, that that, that this seven-year-old daughter, eight-year-old daughter, lost her father, but he had it coming. Yeah, you know? he had it coming. And uh, you know, there's sometimes when you, you know, I mean, generally you need to. If that story illustrates anything to me, it's you just don't know. Yeah, you just don't know. You know, he, you know, I mean, the piece. Look, one of the guys I want to put in the book. He is, uh, he was, he's at Soledad prison. He was at Soledad prison when I was writing the book. Uh, he is gay and he and his boyfriend were walking hand in hand down the lower hate. And, uh, they were set upon in the middle of the day. I don't know, three o'clock. They were set upon by guys who live in the lower hate, you know, in the projects there. And, uh, at night point were, ridiculed and, and uh, attempted there was an attempted robbery but this is like the Folgers TV commercial what they didn't know is right, right. that the gay guys one of the gay guys was had spent 12 years as a as a as a, as a Navy SEAL <laughs> and he took the knife from them and killed them both wow. now he went to prison because the jury assumed a certain amount of professional responsibility on his part. In other words, you got the knife away. Right. Right. Why did you continue after you got the knife away? Oh, oh right. Um, and, uh, you know, so there you go. Why, you know, I mean, he went to jail for seven years for, uh, and, but politically there was a lot of pressure for the, for, for the, the district attorney to bring this in because of weird racial overtones. And these weird racial overtones were in place with my with my friend, the guy I used to train. He, he's, you know, Anglo-American, living in the mission. You know, the guy uh, who he killed was a semi-famous uh, mission restaurateur whose family owned a restaurant, even though the guy himself had been in and out of San Quentin for stuff. So they were trying to make it like, you know, a story of gentrification. Right, you know, right. These these young white artists move in, you know, and there's supplanting, and here's another case. But it just didn't fly. I mean, the guy was so much bigger than my guy who I was training, you know, so much bigger, had been in and out of San Quentin, and according to several eyewitness reports, was the aggressor up until a time he wasn't, you yeah. know? Yeah. 
So, um, didn't, he, didn't he, the autopsy showed that he had like cocaine in his system and stuff? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not gonna hold that against the guy, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes, it did, yeah, he was high, he was drunk and high, so, um, and made a mistake that night, yeah. Know? And, and we, I should add that uh, the, the friend of yours, uh, at least in the criminal case, was it was proven to be uh, self-defense, and he never served any jail time. Yeah. And, yeah. But there was, like, a civil case, right? And I, I think he, he actually won that also. Um, well, the civil case is that he, the, it, he did not lose. Yeah. That was the important. I mean, the family sued him. You right. know, the, the guy worked at that point. He works... He doesn't work there anymore. He used to work at a church. So, yeah. He, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, uh, yeah, yeah, he, I mean, he got out of the sky. He won't, he won't own the book. Right. He, he thinks it's bad juju, doesn't want it in the house, hasn't read it. You yeah. Know, glad to, so. Well, it, it, you know, I, I think it demonstrated too that it's, it, it's a really, I mean, it almost goes without saying, but we're just so used to seeing this stuff in movies and TV. That's a pretty heavy thing to kill somebody. And, uh, like you said, when he was in the cruiser, or like he said, when he was in the cruiser, the cops were kind of joking with him, like, hey, tough guy. And and his response is like, look, somebody died. It doesn't really, you yeah, know, it's yeah. not like a joking thing. Well, you know, it's, it's yeah, right. I mean, in, if you fight, and um, I've sort of come to this conclusion myself, that I feel largely the possibility of me murdering somebody is an inevitability, you know. Yeah. And... I've had to, I've had to sort of figure this out. I'm doing all the work up, up on the upside so that I don't have to, at such times as it actually happens, I don't have to, uh, you know, be going through post-traumatic stress. And part of, I mean, part of that is me, um, part of that is me um, trying to um, get a black one. Part of that is me trying to make sure before I get into it, that everybody knows what's at stake and that everybody knows what's about to happen. Like this guy who I beat up in Maine, you know, I gave him four times to walk away, you know, four times to walk away. And then, you know, um, you know, I mean, I gave him a lot of chances. So at the end, it was really clear to me that, um, I don't know that, uh, I, I, it was really clear to me that that's exactly what he needed to have happen. You know, right. I mean, I, I didn't want to, you know, win, lose, or him dying in the hospital. It was really clear to me that uh, that you know that that's that's what needed to happen that night. So, I mean, in other words, I, I want to go out. I want to get through it with no regrets. Right. And I don't, right. I don't know that my friend feels that way. You know, yeah. I mean, people have said to him, you know, you could have put in earplugs. You know, you could have called the cops. You could have. Uh, you know, there are any number of different things you could have done that night rather than go down there, you know. Um, and I, you know, myself haven't said that, you yeah. know. Yeah. But, um, I mean, he did what he did. But, um, you know, and, and the fact of the matter is the guy was wrong, <laughs> you know. You don't pull up in somebody, I don't care, your neighborhood or not, you don't pull up in front of your own house at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning with your stereo blasting. You don't do it, yeah. you know. Yeah. So... But, you know. And just on, just, a, on a lighter on a, note, it, yeah, there's times when, and I've had this with friends, and I'm thinking of this one friend in college in particular where it's just like, I'm like, this guy really needs, he needs to get his ass kicked. You know, I didn't want him to see him hurt, but it's just like, he was just, he was just being such a pain and 
it's hard to explain, but I'm sure you, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, we were at a show one time and he was drunk and he was just being obnoxious. And um, he started uh, uh, pissing off this, this girl who was kind of, she wasn't, she wasn't big, but you could tell she was solid. You know what I mean? And I could tell, I'm like, Oh, she's getting angry. Right. And, um, and she wound up, and I remember, you know, like, so a friend of mine, I'd normally, like, maybe try to step in and stay in the way, but I, and that occurred to me, like, to step in, but then I was like, you know what? He really needs to get socked, and I, I think it'd be even more awesome if he got socked and knocked down by a, by a girl, right? And she wound up, and she took a swing at him, and just, just by coincidence, he, you know, he was drunk, and he kind of rocked back on his heels, and she missed, just missed connecting with his nose by like a fraction of an inch. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that should have happened to him. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, so what, what, what was the upshot then? Well, the upshot was, <laughs> well, what was the upshot? The upshot was is he eventually somebody did slug him. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you see, I, I'm convinced he left the house that night really wanting that. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I don't I don't see him. I mean, you know, and I think if you you ask him, he would say, I mean, I've I've had guys thank me. I've had guys apologize to me. You know, for for you know, put my hands on them. So whatever. I mean, it 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 could end up very different at the end of a night. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So now, now I'm going to totally, uh, like geek out on you. Cause, um, uh, with, with the martial arts thing. Cause, um, I pretty much, you know, I, I did some martial arts when I was a kid and I'm kind of frozen in with, with, with certain things. I'm kind of frozen at age 13. Right. So, and, uh, and I'm sure you remember conversations like this when you were a kid too. Like, uh, we used to watch my friends and I used to get those videos of the, um, they were almost like kind of pre UFC fights and, they used to have them in Japan, and they were kind of open to like any any style of martial art. Does this ring a bell? Yeah, yeah. And um, we all, we loved watching those because you, you would get to see what it kind of got down to the nitty gritty, like what stuff actually worked. Well, that's and, how that's how the UFC started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, I hate to say it, and I hope I don't piss anybody that I know off, but uh, the kung fu guys just always got their butts kicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, the, the it always seemed to come down to the. Um, uh, like the karate guys and the kickboxer guys, right? And I know right. you. I know you've studied uh, kempo karate for yes. like, for like seven years, right? Seven eight years, yeah. Seven, eight years. And you have you have plenty of experience with like street fight, various aspects of fighting, right? What if you were to say this? If someone's like, I'm going to dedicate some of my time to learning something. And, you know, just in, you know, just in case I get into a scrape somewhere, what would you recommend? Like, what is like the most realistic? What's the best, I guess, is what I'm saying, in your opinion? Um, well, first of all, my big problem with, I mean, Kempo has created a situation where I'm more likely to lift my feet off the ground to kick than if I'd never took it at all. So that's kind of cool. But the reality of it is I spent a lot of time punching the air. In other words, theoretically doing and not actually doing. So um, I would take a grappling art in which you really do it. It's not theoretical. You really throw somebody in judo. You know, you really put this. So judo, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, American wrestling is phenomenal. You know, um, 
you know, all of these things are good, good bases. And usually for smaller people, which generally is the way it's going to be. Even if I, I will, if I am set upon by somebody, I will be the smaller person usually by the person I'm set upon, you know, because it's not a guy who's smaller than me is not going to make the jump. It'll be somebody bigger than me. So Brazilian jiu-jitsu is great for that. And you actually do it, you know, so I, I mean, I actually put a choke on you. I didn't have to stop the less, you know, I didn't have to stop the fight and say, and say, uh, you know, if you know, if we were in a real fight, I would have crushed your skull. No, you know, I, I, I would have crushed your neck. Well, no, I really did crush your neck. So that's, you yeah. know, um, so, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that's, I, I would go with the grappling arts. If now there's some people, there's a guy who was asking me that question, you know, just a guy I used to work with and I gave him the answer and he made a funny face. I go, what? He goes, I hate to tell you, but I, I just hate touching people. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to touch other people. And I go, for that guy, then he's better doing, better off doing Muay Thai. You know, yeah, yeah. if you're going to do a striking art, it's either boxing or Muay Thai. Yeah, yeah. You know, all the other stuff, forget it. Yeah. It's funny. It's, this, I had this from two different people when I was, when I was talking about, you know, doing this interview with you um, and asking that question. Like, one of the things that I heard from two different sources, I don't, I actually don't agree with this, but, you know, when talking about, like, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu and stuff, is there like, yeah, yeah, that's all good in UFC, but like if you have, if you have multiple opponents, you you want something like karate. And I was just like, I, you know, I I took karate for a long time, and, I, you know, reflecting back on it, it, there's a lot of it that just seems like real world. What I always used to tell people when I was a kid is, you know, when I would always keep it quiet that I took martial arts because I knew the next thing would be like, oh, do you think you can beat me up or beat that guy up or whatever? And my answer would always be, if it did get revealed to somebody, like, I think I can fight better having taken this stuff than I could if I didn't. Right, right, right. But, but I sometimes kind of wonder about that because I wonder if it teaches, like, maybe some habits that might not be so good in an well, actual throwdown. I think it's actually criminal. Like some of the self-defense courses they teach to women and stuff, sending people out thinking that they really know how to fight. And I, I, I go by these karate schools and, you know, me and my kids have gone by a couple because my daughters all fight. So it's just, you know, it's criminal what they're teaching people and really far removed from the world of, of real, you know, real being, being able to fight, you know, to protect yourself. So I've heard guys say, you know, I've heard guys say, oh, multiple attackers. Karate guys say that, but I, you know, um, I, I don't. I have fought multiple attackers, <laughs> you know, and, and um, I, I have not grappled them. But I tell you, I didn't use karate, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I used MMA, you know. So yeah, you. They might have a point if they're saying like, why study Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu when you can't won't help you? But that that's very different at this point from MMA, you know. Right. Right. Ha- has everything to takedowns um, and. Uh, you know the the it, it, the knees, all all of it. So it, yeah, just the grappling, or just Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, that'll hold you in good stead. You know, I mean, I guarantee you, if you're choking somebody who's who's between you and the other multiple guys you have to deal with, uh, you, you know, you'll be uh, you, you'll you'll be making a point. Yeah, yeah. So so that you know that kind of leads into uh, another thing from the book that I I thought was pretty interesting. The guy from Calcutta. That you go to, where I, apparently he he's teaching guys like kind of life and death fighting, right? Is his his deal? Uh, wait, yeah. I, I'm, let me look up his name because it's not anything I can. Oh, yeah. His name is Nirmalia. 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 
Yes. And um, and he 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 has a lot of serious street experience from the sounds of it, right? Well, the scar. I mean, presuming the scars all up and down his forearm were not self-inflicted. Yes. Yeah. And and a lot of knife fighting experience too. Yes. Um, and strangely enough, the past couple of years I've been training with an Indonesian guy uh, for knife fighting, and his style is completely different. So there's a lot of lot of variation here with the the knife fighting thing. So and one of the things in his his class that I I guess it, it just kind of drives home the point. Like if you want to get so you're you're efficient at fighting and you know what it's like you have to make it as real to what you're going to really face and he he literally at his school he had like a cage where yes. you had to go in through a trap door and and in order to kind of complete his course you had to take on like it almost sounded like a gauntlet sort of thing well no it's the cage is small so it's it was more like a prison cell cage right you two guys two guys wow and, uh, and they were gonna fight until you know they the clock drove it all. Yeah. <laughs> and if you if you run out of steam at you know thirty seconds, they're just gonna beat you for the remaining thirty seconds. <laughs> so yeah, it's intense. It's intense. So, <laughs> uh, but I mean, as you know, with the whole fighting thing, I mean, a large part of it is you know the, the what how it makes you feel about you, right. and the other large part of it is you know. What, what you're used to, you know? I mean, when I first started fighting, a guy, like the, that choke I put on you, I tapped to that in a second, you yeah. know, uh, like you did, you know? <laughs> Wait, don't tell everybody that. <laughs> you know, after a while, you know, your, your, your pain tolerance goes up, you, you understand variances, and you'll just do other stuff. You know, you just wait it out or move or counter it, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, yeah, it. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. It's. It, I, I'm. I'm not entirely sure. I, I mean, I, I like the knife fighting thing. I like that that piece of it. But one thing that bugs me about, like, bugs me about traditional karate is that there's no proof of concept. You know, most right, of it. Right. You know, I have had um, precisely zero knives, broken, sharpened, broken bottles pulled on me with those guys out in Brooklyn at that time, but. Never a knife, you know. I've had a gun pulled on me, but oh, never a knife. Man. Well, now, what is, how, does that, how does that make you react? I mean, that's a whole different thing. I laughed. I you laughed. Left. Yeah. Yeah, because I knew the guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he was trying to get me to leave his party. You know, he's having a party, and he pulled his gun out. Like, now, now it's time for you to go. I'm like, you got to be, Roy, you got to be kidding me. Because, you know, he was like, I mean, he was just, uh, he was, he had these girls there and they were like, uh, he was just failing. I mean, I could see him going down in flames with the ladies. Oh, that provokes more fights than anything, I think. Why, de why delay it, you know, yeah. and talk to the girls and dancing with the girls and they're like, oh, they go, go, what are you doing there? I said, well, we're going, this is back in disco days. You know, I used to be a disco dance instructor, you know, so <laughs> we were going over to Studio 54, and they were like, we're going to go with him. And at that point, he was like, I got to get him out of here. <laughs> and so he pulled the gun on me. And, uh, and of course, you know, I knew enough about guns at that point to say, like, you know, um, uh, you know, you, you're going you're gonna to BB gun me to death? Uh. You know, I can tell by the barrel it's not a real gun, my friend. So what's <laughs> – um, anyway.
<laughs> so let's see. Um, boy, we've been talking for a while, and I know there's there's. Let's see. There's at least one. Oh, there's one more question. Oh, I know what I was going to ask because and this also is kind of like the 13 year old geek in me too. Like, you know, of course I was like fascinated by anything if it promised to be like a secret fighting style. Yes. And the part in your book, like I never, it surprised me. I had never heard of, um, you were, you were looking into that, like the prison, uh, fighting style and there's that thing called 52 blocks. Yeah. And my, my, my buddy who lives in Brooklyn now, he was like, of course he knew about, it. I was like, have you ever heard of this thing? You know, we knew each other when we were kids and he, and he, he's like, yeah. In fact, he, he knows a guy who's like a, in, teaches it and just to let you know whoever's listening who doesn't know 52 blocks was uh developed by guys black black prisoners right in the 70s yeah yeah yeah, yeah. was that's, it that's... Was, he says it was an east coast thing but i got the the feeling from your thing that it was a west coast thing well but the this is the jury's out because oh. it's jailhouse rock and there's 52 blocks and I mean, it has to do largely with whether you're white or you're black, depending on which one you study, you know. Oh, okay. But, it, but it's, just a, it's just a prison fighting style, so enclosed space fighting style. So, yeah. uh, But, I mean, they're all – I found a guy, an Indian guy, James Painter, uh, up, in, um, uh, up in Indian territory, up to like near Nevada. So he, he's the one who showed me, and he learned it in the joint from some, some – other half Indian, half white guy. So the what I, so my thing, the, I don't actually know Fifty Two Blocks because these guys actually did Jailhouse Rock. Okay. So, um, but they're very, they're very. I mean, he talked about that in the piece in the book, and they're very closely related. I mean, they're, they're, you know, prison fighting style. So yeah. Fifty Two well, seems to be more striking, kind of more dirty boxing, right. and right. and um, you know, and. Uh, and the other one, uh, uh, Jailhouse Rock, is a lot of gra- more grappling. So, and what, with that guy wasn't his like killer move. And I, I mean, oh. I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to tell, tell everybody what the killer move was. Uh, okay, right. it's what is it? It's slap, grab, and twist, right? Yep. Slap, to a slap, um, slap, grab, and roll. Slap, I grab, think. and roll. And let's just say it's to a part of your anatomy that should never have that done to it. Well, you know, I mean, this is, I, I'm actually making noises now about it because um, he, he actually showed me. Oh. Right? And I kind of thought, all right, we're talking about my testicle. So he's actually going to, you know, he's going to mock it through. He's going to say, well, here's where I, you know, do like traditional martial arts where they make believe. Like, here's where I, I would grab. Nah, man, he did it all the way, you oh. know. And, and uh, and he gave me the light version, you know, and it, it, I mean, you're done. Pretty much you're done with the slap. You yeah. know, you're done with the slap because it's you know, you're done. You're done. You know, and that's not, you, you know, <laughs> this, this, the slap and the grab at that point, whatever flow you had as a fighter, you're done. about all I could have done at that point was bite him. Right. If right. I had the presence of mind to do so. But you really, all your focus goes to you just want him off of your testicles, you know. And, and, and then, and then, so you reach down to get him off, and he does this kind of really fast roll. Uh, it's not fun, man. It's yeah. it, it was intense, and 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 uh, and you know, you don't ever want it to happen again. You don't need to see it again. Oh. You know? like so a lot of time, I'll ask a guy to demonstrate a move again. Not this one. Not again. Yeah. No more. I'm done. 
know. Well, it, and I hate to say it because it sounds I'm going to sound like a like a jerk here, but it seems like kind of an obvious thing if you're willing to go there. I mean, was there a certain kind of um, art art to it or, or style to it that that? Yeah, it, or, yeah, yeah. Because because I mean, most people, um, you know, uh, because most people. Uh, Clothing is always a factor, you know, uh, I mean, and this is why, why what I hate about these self-defense courses for women, because they do this thing like, uh, you know, oh, you knee them in the groin. Well, if you've ever actually tried to knee somebody in the groin, it's not 100 percent guarantee. You know, if you're one, one, you know, half an inch to the left or the right side, you got nothing. You know, if you hit more of my thigh than the actual testy. So, you know, with the slap. It wasn't like a kind of slap, like a like a like a football player might do to another guy. You know, hit him in the, hit him in his package. It was it was. I, I, again, I have to show you. I, yeah, I have to show <laughs> that's you. all right. <laughs> like like more, both of your hands going up, so you're actually striking with the tops and the backs of your fingers. Oh, you know, man. and so you strike up that way, and this can be done to people who are wearing clothes, and that's the important thing. You know that. Um, you're not, you know, a lot of say no gi jujitsu, unless you're on the beach, you're not going to be fighting guys who don't have clothes on, you know? So, uh, so this accounted for the clothing, tight space. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, you know, it, uh, yeah, I mean, there could not be an art to it, but I'm not, I'm not afraid of groin shots as a rule, but I'm afraid of this. Yeah. Oh, that just sounds awful. Um, Hey, if you're ever, uh, my, my friend in Brooklyn knows a guy who teaches the 52 blocks thing too. So if you're ever, if you ever go back home and right. you want to connect with him, I can, I can hopefully try to hook you up with that. Um, let me, I, I wrote down his name. Hang on just a second. Um, his name is T TJ Deshobi. Don't know it. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'll, uh, I'll hook that up. You know, and. Um, I was watching some of the the uh, the 52 blocks they have on everything's on YouTube now if you look it up, and I don't know you know who knows if it was legitimate or not, but the moves kind of reminded me of Krav Maga. Yeah. Um, and I noticed you didn't mention that in your book. What, what's your feelings on Krav Maga? And once again, to people who don't know, it's an Israeli. Um, I think they teach it to the Israeli military. It's like kind of an Israeli martial art. Yeah, yeah. Um, Krav Maga is like um, Krav Maga is is really a martial art, and and there are few there are few martial arts that are like it, like uh, sort of like Russian Sistema, and and oh, there I didn't put it in the book because the Krav Maga school that uh, that, that is local to me here has uh, they teach a lot of jujitsu, so it's a it's a kind of uh, a collection art, you know, where they teach, um, I mean, one of the things that put me off of it is that it was a military art. Like, I didn't put, I didn't put uh, Sistema in either, which is this Russian military fighting style, you know. Uh, or Sambo, which I really like, which I didn't put in because it's, it, it's you know, an organiz- organizational thing. And you can't, get, you can't get really competitions in it, you know. Right. So, so, again, it, it, benefits by, it benefits by legend. Like, oh, if you knew this Krav Maga... But what what bothered me about there's no such there's no Krav Maga move you know right there's no Krav Maga move it's not like so it it, it adopts you know it adopts things from various martial arts um, um, yeah it it, 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 it it adapts things from various martial arts 
that it uses that what makes a Krav Maga is where and how it's used. You know, like they don't teach you Krav Maga necessarily to to deal with you know a rapist. It, it's it's you know it's based on you know kind of stuff you have to deal with in Israel. Like, like a guy you with a bayonet or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Have you been to Israel? Have you been there? No, I've never been there. Ah, it's great. It's a great place. They they um you know they've. They have got there are a couple of really good jujitsu players there. The Modi Modi Hornstein is like uh, an MMA guy. So you know, um, you know, Krav Maga. You know, I mean, there are not a lot of guys fighting the UFC. The, Modi Hornstein was one guy who fought in the UFC who was uh, who was a, a Krav Maga guy. But it's a collection art, so it's like one of the. It's a compilation art, so th- there's a reason I didn't put put it in. I mean, all of these are sort of you know, like the guy who invented judo. Was a guy who felt guilty about Japanese jujitsu being used as a as a real martial art by samurai, you know. So they all kind of stand on the shoulders of everybody else. But I didn't put, you know, there are a lot of these ones that I didn't put in because, again, proof of concept. Like I didn't put in Penjack uh, Penjack Silat, you know, um, and uh, the guys, and I suffered for it. And I trained with some Silat guys who said, "You didn't put Silat, you know, S I L A T. You didn't put Silat in the." Uh, Which is Malaysian. Right, Malaysian martial art. Indonesian, Indonesian Malaysian. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Filipino. You didn't put that in the book. I said, well, again, I started giving them the thing about proof of concept. Of course, I should have thought, been smart, and done that after I trained with the guys. <laughs> I, I did it before I trained with them, and it was one of the most intense training sessions of my life. And it wasn't theoretical. It wasn't punching the air at all. Those guys were really hurting me, you know. Yeah. And, and so you know, it could happen that if I went to the Krav Maga school, that's what it would happen. But I spent a lot of time at the Krav Maga school in San Francisco, and I didn't see anything that wasn't 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 borrowed. And uh, you know, uh, I mean, I just and the Silat thing. I mean, again, the stuff that they were using to hurt me was borrowed as well. Right. You know, any any I'm sorry at this point, any lock or choke, I'm gonna have to put under the jujitsu column. You know, you may have adopted it. You know, it's a joint lock. You may have adopted, it, but there's nothing about that makes it specifically Silat. Or in this case, you know, nothing in it that made specifically crowd Maga. You now, know, you, so, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. oh, I could kill somebody with this. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to be kind of suspicious. You know, I, I, I was talking to you about this in one of our email exchanges that in, in looking for a place that does Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, I have the feeling that there's a lot of phonies out there too. And the yeah. world of martial arts just seems to, has always seemed to kind of attract a lot of phonies. <laughs> Just because it's like it's like insurance. Insurance also attracts a lot of phonies because you know if you never need it, you never know that what you got was garbage. You right. know. You know. No. Although I, I, you know, once again, like a school, uh, you know, like a schoolyard fight that I was yeah. in, one of the only ones, kind of weird situation. But I used a move that this I was about like thirteen. I used a move that I got out of the most BS martial arts book, and it totally worked. Right. I mean, maybe it's just because we were kids, but uh, um, but it was hilarious. It was out of like I don't know if you know this guy Ashita Kim. Do you remember him? No. Yeah, I, he wrote. I mean, I I think he's just a complete like con man. You know, like seventies con man martial arts guy. I think you know who knows. He could probably come and kill me. But he wrote some uh, like some book on ninjutsu. Oh, okay. And right. uh, but the move worked. It was hilarious. You know. Yeah. You know, I got a lot of I got a lot of old army uh, training uh, judo and kind of old army jujitsu. Like when you know they, we got back from Japan after uh, World War II, some of the guys had stayed and trained with the 
you know, the jujitsu guys or whatever. And some of those those old things, man, those those work, you know, especially, yep. you know, that that you're not going to see them. People don't know. I mean, I got a couple moves. I used to train from Carl Gotch. You know, I got a couple moves from there that were just, you know, nobody's seen them. So, uh, it, you know, it's, it, it, they may not be new. But if they're new to you, that's all I need to win. You know? tell, tell people who Carl Gotch was, because I, I, you know, I think that's probably a name that maybe even some modern MMA guys don't know about, and they probably should, right? He was he was uh, a pro wrestler back when pro wrestling was not garbage, you know, and um, and he had trained was a Belgian guy, you know, had been thrown into a Nazi uh, a labor camp when he was 15, yanked up the street, had been training you know, martial arts. Got trained at Billy Wiggins Snake Pit and uh, Billy Riley Snake Pit in uh, in um, in, in uh, Wigan, uh, England, where they this is like the birthplace of catch wrestling. And this was pro this was pro wrestling before pro wrestling was fake. Right. And, right. and uh, he guy was in the Olympics and so on. But um, you, you know, it was it was Carl Gotch. Went to Japan, couldn't get any fights in America. Went to Japan and wildly, wild, uh, widely hailed as the you know, the, the godfather of, of pro wrestling. You know, and a lot of those things he taught uh, the Japanese. You know, uh, the Japanese adapted to their style, and then you know taught uh, Helio Gracie. So there was a lot of cross currency. But if you had to credit modern MMA to anybody, it would probably be guys like Carl Gotch or Helio Gracie. You know, without them, it really doesn't exist the way it exists, you know. And and he was, all these guys, Ed Strangler, Lewis, Luthez, old, I mean, old-style pro wrestlers knew how to fight. You know, it's not like they weren't just, I mean, and the reason they started doing fake fights is because if you're really fighting, you cannot fight every night. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you need to fight every night to make a living, then you got to do something. So that's why they started doing the fake fights, you know. Uh, but, uh, but he was a phenomenal, old-school, tough guy. And I, I mean, I love these guys. They're all like a really specific kind of sadist. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, great stories. Really tough guy. I said that. I said that he died. Said that I never got him a book before he died. Yeah. And he's that and one he's, with that great, that great quote, quote that the bulls bulls die on the floor. I, oh, I kind, of, kind of remember he, that now. You know. Yeah, yeah. He was. He was. He was. He had. He had tons of. He hated the the jujitsu guard position. He called it the horse position. You know. So he. <laughs> He had he had a million of them. He was, uh, I mean, he I say he was a great old guy because I liked him, but he was a really difficult study. People would go to, I'm gonna go study with Carl Gotch, and he would it was really like old style martial arts. You would have to, you know, he would ma- turn you into like a you know, uh, he, well his objective was ultimately to get you cardioed enough and fitnessed enough to be able to do what your you know what y- your body would demand of you with this stuff. But, you know, I had guys who go out there. I want to learn something, and he just made me do 2,000 squat thrust. <laughs> and so, so, life with Carl got. And, I mean, but I say, like, is it, you know, I liked him, but, you know, the guy's family, you know, he never – he had some kids somewhere, and they, they – you know, it was like the movie The Wrestler. They wouldn't have anything to do with him, so, you know, who knows. Yeah. Judge, judge a man by what he's left behind. I don't know what he left behind with his family, but uh, his contribution with, with wrestling and fighting was phenomenal. So, and, and we've been we've been talking a while, so I'll wind it up pretty quick here. But I do want to talk a little bit about because a lot of the book, which by the way, I, I didn't say this, but I recommend it. Like, even if you're not into fighting, um, it's a really fascinating, fun book. 
you might feel like a, a wuss after you read it, but <laughs> that's what Steve Albini said. He goes, I don't like fighting. I don't like fighters. I think it's barbaric. I'm not interested at all. But he goes, I love this book. Yeah, and uh, that's that's exactly what. Well, I mean, I you know, I'm kind I'm kind of interested, not enough to get my nose broken, but um, uh, but yeah, I, it's 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 well worth getting and reading, and um, and I will check I, I'll check out your novel too when I get my hands on it. So October twenty third, novel comes out. And now is that the only novel you've written, or did you write one more? Come on, man! You ever did? It's hard to do. What do you mean? <laughs> Come on, Eugene. Come on. I just sweat that one out of there. Uh, yeah, I'm working on a new one now called Love Question Mark Love Exclamation Point. So love, love. <laughs> I mean, come on. If Stephen King can, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, he's knocks him out. Yeah, I, you, you give me a you know 100 acre ranch in Vermont, I'll, I'll be able to knock. <laughs> so, um, uh, but yet, since we were kind of talking about UFC, um. It, it you know it really got rolling kind of in the early nineties, right? Yes, it did. Yeah, or mix. We should say mixed martial arts. Oh, the, Gra- the Gracies had a standing sixty thousand dollars challenge. Anybody who came to their schools anywhere in the world, if they beat them, they would give them sixty thousand yeah. dollars. And um, and it was it was it was really controversial. Like you, you have that quote, and I'd heard that before that um, uh, John McCain, yeah, uh, that, called yeah. it human cockfighting. Yeah, well, that's because John McCain's wife was all into Budweiser, and Budweiser was coming under uh-huh. under pressure by American boxing. Who has, uh-huh. And people think I'm joking. Well, why would they do it? I know a W, uh, I, is it IBF? I can't remember which organization. A commissioner um, who uh, said he's an MMA fan. He goes, but he is the only one. He's, they're insane. The boxing guys are insane. They're trying to do anything they can. I mean, initially, and he's trying to say, we should make peace with MMA. We should, we, we should partner with them. And they're like, completely, they're going to squelch it. We're going to resist. We're going to use our lobbying money, our lobbying influence to stop them. And, but now it's too late. It's yeah. really yeah. too late. The, 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 you can close the barn door, but you have no horses yeah. boxing. So, you know. So. And, reality of it is no mom no mom wants to leave her kid at a place where the kid's getting punched in the head you know but they will leave their kids in places where they're wrestling and rolling around on the ground and you know high school wrestling loves it because it's the only way they're going to stay alive by encouraging women to do it you know because uh because of title nine so um you know so now there's actually uh i've heard this from a couple places i want to verify it with you i think it's in your book also there's actually more injuries in boxing, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, that, they, uh, they, boxing is dangerous. Boxing now, why, why, why do you think it's, there's... It's hard for me to watch a boxing match these days because there's shots to the head, you know? Oh, is, is it, maybe it's just because there's so many focus shots to the head, that's, that's why there's more injuries? Yeah. yeah, with MMA, you take a couple shots to the head and then, you know, you take the guy down, so... Yeah. And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask this awful question, and, and once again, probably MMA guys, like, if they listen to this, they'll be like, oh, you they're just going to hate me for saying this, but I got to ask if you, how would, and maybe there's no answer to this, but how would an MMA guy do in a stand up boxing match? And how would a boxer do in a, in a MMA match? Well, we're about to find out really? uh, one of the most phenomenal pound for pound fighters around Anderson Silva um, has talked um, has talked uh, uh, deeply and very seriously about fighting uh, Roy Jones Jr. Um, as soon as his contract with the UFC expires, um, and so we're we're about to find out. Yeah, but 
we're talking about uh, an MMA guy going into boxing. No single boxer has decided to serious boxer of note of note has decided to go to MMA. So what's what's your what's your what do you, what is your take unless you don't want to go there but what what's your take on how that would go down? We're going which way? Um either either way, either way. Um I I think a boxer will get destroyed if they're fighting an MMA, you know. I mean that's it's you know MMA is multidimensional right. and uh you know you got you got one or two shots, you know, one or two shots, and they they blow those shots, and they're uh, they're on the ground, and what then? Yeah, you know, uh, going the other way, um, I don't know. Anderson Silva's phenomenal, tall, lanky guy. Um, don't know. I, I'm. I mean, it'll be it'll be a big money fight because people want to see, and it, it doesn't take anything. It doesn't take anything away if Anderson Silva loses to Roy Jones Jr. No big deal, you yeah. know. I gave it a try, you know, and then we'll see what happens. Now, is um, there, in in the business of of uh, of boxing and and you and mixed martial arts, is mixed martial arts like how what's it doing? Well, you you kind of hinted at it. It's are, are they getting scared? Is it taking away a lot of the audience? And is from is, boxing is uh, mixed martial arts taking away a lot of the audience for boxing? Oh, really? of course. I mean, the top ten two years ago, the top ten gates. For fights in in, in Vegas, like seven of them were UFC events. I mean, it, it's you know, it's something I said a long time ago that that it, you know MMA would do well for very specific reasons. It would do well because it's the only combat sport where white guys are competitive. You know, and people, I'd say that and people get kind of uncomfortable because they didn't know like you know nobody in America really likes talking about this stuff because they get nervous. You know, right. so it's like uh, well, what do you, but it but it's true. You know, I mean. There was a point, and I'm not a big sports guy. I don't know too much about sports, but there was a point where people floated up this balloon, which is like, okay, we're gonna stop. We're gonna stop. Uh, we're gonna people gonna stop stop watching basketball because there are not enough white players. You know, now whether this was a ploy to to try to crank down player, you know, uh, sponsorship deals or, or whatever, this was floated at a time like people were really gonna stop watching basketball. The inveterate degenerate gamblers who really like basketball, we're going to stop watching it because there are not enough, you know, Anglo fighters, white guys to, to, to identify with. That's ridiculous. It's, you know, it, it, it never materialized, never happened. You know, did that cause the league to start bringing in more Eastern European guys, you know, so that you see more actually white faces on the basketball court? I don't know. But the reality of it is, and I don't think this is a bad thing. I mean, it's, it's clear that, you know, Boxing was seeded over to you know to uh, non-white peoples. You know it used to be one of the biggest sports in America: boxing, wrestling, and baseball. You know uh, the only one of those sports that remains, you know, uh, is, uh, is is baseball. So you know I, I and also I think it answered if you don't if that you don't feel comfortable with that argument, it answers the question that when people used to talk about the heavyweight champion in the world, they knew they were talking about the world's baddest man, right? Right. That's not, nobody believes that, you know. Nobody believes that now. MMA, you know, when you talk about somebody like Fedor Emelianenko, he's very close to probably being the world's toughest guy, you know. Um, you know, I mean, Brock Lesnar is probably very close to being the world's toughest guy, you know. Uh, so, you know, uh, and, 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 the, and the boxers know it because yeah, you see yeah. the boxers there ringside every UFC. They love the sport. The bo yeah. actual boxers love it. They don't want to go broke. They don't want their future to be, you know, 
I am now a, tra- a boxing trainer for an MMA guy, but they know it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. By the way, Brock Lesnar. Man, that guy that- is a beast. Yeah, you know, I didn't like Brock Lesnar at first, but then his story was really super compelling. I, I, I liked the whole rags to riches deal. Yeah. And he, he is a real serious wrestler with real serious wrestling bona fides. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, yeah. And he's just, he's like, he's, he's huge. Yeah, he's, he's a huge, huge guy. Yeah, that, that, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> that helps. Well, you know, um, we've been talking for quite a while, and man, I, I really appreciate hour, it. I was looking forward to this. 51 minutes. Wow. So, I, uh, I want to see this someplace, Jack. Just, <laughs> just whatever. So yeah, well, I'll, I when, once I get it edited down, I'll put it. I might make this because it's, it's long enough. I might make it into a two-parter thing because we found that people are willing to kind of listen to an hour and two hours might be a little. Yeah, yeah, but um, but definitely it's face Facebook dot com slash Eugene Robinson. Excellent, excellent, and uh, your book is available on Amazon dot com. It's just called Fight. Just look up Fight. Yep. And your new one's coming out. Uh, and, and tell, I don't, yeah, we didn't get the title out for the actual show. So what's the title again of your new book? It's called uh, A Long Slow Screw. Okay. And we'll just leave it up to people's imaginations as to what that's about. Um, and there's a lot more to Eugene Robinson. You know, we just covered the fight aspect. We did talk about the band a little bit and everything. But having met him, the dude's a true gentleman. And and he gave me a good thrashing, but it was it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, dude, I'm gonna go out and get that. Uh, th- that's awesome that I'm in the magazine. <laughs> did, did, you, yeah, yeah. did you name me in the magazine article? I don't know if I did name you. I don't remember. I, 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 if I did name you, I didn't use your last name. Otherwise, I would have called you to see if it was all right. Oh yeah, that's that's just the fact that it's in there at all is is, is awesome. Yeah, yeah, but it was a kick out of it. So, so uh, yeah, so thanks, thanks so much for uh, uh, hanging out and talking and. Um, Hopefully we'll do it again, and you got to see if you can bring your band to Seattle. Yeah, so we can play to six people this time. That'd be great. <laughs> I'll bring yeah, a few people. You have tricked me for the last time, Seattle. <laughs> that time, so no, we actually we um, we're, no, we didn't. We we the tour with ISIS was great. We played a lot of places that were really pretty cool. And when we played with ISIS, they're packed out. When we played with just Oxbow, not so packed out. So. <laughs> But the last thing I did there gave me a lot of pleasure. But I was with I was with Scott Kelly from Neurosis, and I was doing a, a reading from the fight book, you know, uh, which my readings from the fight book are not me reading from the fight book, but just me telling stories that I, got, that I couldn't put in the fight book. So, right. Uh, but anyway. All right. Well, well, until we have a uh, rematch in some form or another. <laughs> All right, Andy. Well, we'll stay in touch with email then. Let me know. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. And everybody, that was Eugene Robinson. And my thanks to him and happy birthday to him. And uh, yeah, we'll, All right, Andy. we'll see you next time. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>